0: Well, it's part 13 of our Becoming Who You Are series, and today we're going to take a big leap forward by looking at the first 13 verses of uh, the new chapter, which is chapter 3. So we've lots to cover today, and I want to make this portion as simple and as accessible as possible. Um, So, go and grab your Bible if you haven't got it, um, wherever it is, or whatever it looks like, it might be a phone or an iPad or whatever it is, that's fine. And uh, we want you to turn to Ephesians chapter 3. And we're going to read the first 13 verses together, then I'm going to pray, and then we'll get stuck in. So, Ephesians Ephesians 3, and the first 13 verses. For this reason I, Paul, a prisoner of Christ Jesus, on behalf of you Gentiles, assuming that you have heard of the stewardship of God's grace that was given to me for you, how the mystery was made known to me by revelation, As I have written briefly, when you read this, you can perceive my insight into the mystery of Christ, which was not made known to the sons of men in other generations, as it it has now been revealed to the holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit. This mystery is that the Gentiles are fellow heirs, members of the same body, and partakers of the promise in Christ Jesus through the gospel. Of this gospel, I was made a minister according to the gifts of God's grace, This was according to the eternal purpose that he has realized in Christ Jesus, our Lord, in whom we have boldness and access with confidence through our faith in him. So I ask you not to lose heart. What I am suffering for you, which is for your glory. Let's pray together. Father, this morning we pray that this portion of scripture, as complicated as it may seem as we have read it, be clear that by your spirit we would understand it that we would be encouraged by it lord that we would uh, see how it adds to the wonderful picture that paul is painting for us that we have looked at over the last three weeks so lord help us now we ask lord go before us and um, lord give me clarity in my mind we pray lord help us uh, that we would move away any distractions may we that we have around us at this time that we would concentrate on the word and that we would long to understand what it means and what it says for us and what it says for the church uh, in these days. So Lord, help us now, we pray by your spirit, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Let me ask this question. What do you think of when I say the word mystery? Or maybe names like Agatha Christie uh, come to mind, or maybe TV shows like Midsummer Murders or Vera, if that's your thing, or for those a little older, but not that old, Diagnosis murder or murder she wrote, Angela Lansbury, maybe. Well, if those sorts of things come to mind, we will have to make a move, I think, in our thinking today to join the mind of the Apostle Paul and what he meant when he used the word mystery. See, in the New Testament, the Greek word for mystery meant something that is beyond natural knowledge but has been opened to us by divine revelation through the Holy Spirit but keep uh, that in your mind for a moment Uh, and for us to make sense of what Paul is saying here let me say these uh, things these 13 verses here seem to be what I think is an overflow of the preceding chapter, chapter two, almost as if Paul became very excited about what he just said and he couldn't stop talking about it. That's how I feel about this, this, this portion. But of course, what we have seen up till now has been incredible, right? That God, through the blood of Jesus, his son, has made a new race. He has broken down the walls of hostility between Jew and Gentile, between all races and ethnic groups and social groups. God has not only made a way for peace to exist between those groups, but for peace to be established between them and him eternally. Well, he's also created a new citizenship, a new city in which we, the church, will live in harmony together in the end. We looked at that last week, didn't we? But now Paul adds the capstone onto chapter 2, which these first 13 verses of chapter 3R. And I want to break this portion of scripture into five small sections. Each of the points I will give you today will begin with the letter P, which I hope will help, especially those who are note-taking out there. So, let's begin with our first P, and it's this. It is prisoner, verse 1 to 4. Prisoner. Let's read it for a second. For this reason I, Paul, a prisoner christ jesus that's who he is on behalf of you gentiles so we knew from the beginning didn't we of our series in ephesians that paul was in prison i said that we knew he's writing this letter under house arrest where well we don't know it doesn't tell us but i don't think in verse one of chapter three paul is actually talking about his physical Condition. I think Paul is making very clear here that although he is very much in physical chains, yet he is fully under the control of Christ. See, Paul didn't consider himself a prisoner of the Jews, although imprisoned by Roman authority, even at that he didn't consider himself a prisoner of Rome. And although he Had appealed to Caesar, he didn't consider himself a prisoner of Caesar. He was a prisoner, a minister of Jesus Christ, bought at the highest price, Jesus' blood, and given a special mission of preaching the gospel to the Gentiles. If you like, you can think of it this way Paul would not be in chains if he wasn't a prisoner to Christ first. See, it was his preaching that the Gentiles had the same benefits uh, in Christ as the Jews that got him into the chains in the first place. See, Paul was God's human instrument and agent to get such a message preached. Verse 2 gives us a vivid picture of the responsibilities of Paul when it says he was a steward or it says a stewardship Of such a message. See steward meaning that he was responsible. For carrying and delivering this message. You see Paul didn't choose to be a preacher. Or apostle. God did. It says here that God gave it to him. As we will see again later on. As we work through these verses. And as we know when God chooses. He also equips. So the question that begs right now at this point is, how was Paul given such a message for the Gentiles? That is the message that we have seen over the last three Sundays. Well, look at verse 3 for a second. Verse 3, it was made known to Paul by revelation. And by revelation, I mean that God, in a special way, made Paul to understand and see with great clarity the wonder of God's saving power to all through Jesus and that is the gospel well when did he receive this well I believe it was on the Damascus road you may remember it he was on the Damascus road and was blinded by a bright light and he had the intense and intimate moment with Jesus himself I think also in the preparatory years when Jesus himself taught Paul the unblemished truth of the gospel Galatians 1 talks of that But now, as Paul says here, he was burdened with the great mystery, which is the title of today's sermon. And what was that mystery? Well, of course, it was that Jew and Gentile, you and me, can come in as equals and experience the wonder of God's amazing grace. We can be called his children, citizens of heaven. That's the mystery. Well, let's move on. second P today is this. The plan, plan in verse 5 and verse 6. God had a plan from the very beginning that included this mystery of union between Jew and Gentile. You see, Paul says here in verse 5 that this mystery was not made known to the sons of men in other generations. That refers to mankind, not necessarily Israel, God's chosen people, but mankind generally. Let me try and clarify what I think Paul is saying here. I think what Paul is saying is that before the age of the New Testament, which is the second half of the Bible, no person or prophet had anything but a glimpse of the truth that now Paul has disclosed. You see, the Old Testament. Testament teachings of what we now what what we now know of the mystery of the union between Jew and Gentile and God could only properly be understood in the light of New Testament revelation and teaching I hope that makes some sense let me try and explain it better you know for example we know the meaning of many Old Testament passages only because they are explained in the New Testament. The Old Testament saints had no vision of the church for the assembling together of all those who are saved into one united body in which there are no racial or social distinctions. Why? Because too much information uh, was missing for them. The information wasn't there. But now, in God's perfect timing... He has revealed this mystery to his apostles and prophets by the Holy Spirit. And as we just said, and as Paul makes very clear, that mystery is, in verse 6, let's read it together the mystery is that the Gentiles are fellow heirs, members of the same body, and partakers of the promise in Christ Jesus through the gospel. Isn't that wonderful? That is the mystery that Paul has now revealed to them. Okay, on with our third a third word then, beginning with the letter P, and it's this, preaching. Verse 7 to 9, preaching. How is the news, the message of the gospel, spread across the world? Well, of, of course, by men who are called by God to proclaim it. See, Paul was one such man. He was made a minister of the gospel. That's what it says in verse 7. Made a minister of the gospel. Yet again, attesting to the truth that Paul did not make himself a minister, but God made him a minister. Romans 10 and 4 says this. How then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him of whom they have not heard and how are they to hear without someone preaching so preaching was god's given means of spreading uh, the good news of the gospel and that is the way god always intended it to be and paul in verse 8 sees himself as the very least of all the saints of all the prophets and the preachers, him who wrote huge portions of the New Testament, who made clear the many mysteries, including this one, that we have been looking at over the last few weeks. He sees himself as, as it says here, least or small. I wonder why. Well, I think because he has seen through the revelation the enormity and the righteousness and the perfection of Christ. Right now, many men sit, as I do, and preach, trembling at the responsibility as we open this very book and try to explain faithfully what it says. People often ask me if I still get nervous. Well, I always respond to that question with a resounding yes. But why? Because of the huge task at hand. The responsibility of being faithful to the preaching of the Bible and the greatness, the righteousness and perfection of the Father in whom I want to please as I do so. All of that adds up to nerves. Yet as many as hear the gospel, and that may be you today, not everyone heeds the message. And what is that message? Paul says in verse 7, It's a message of God's amazing grace. And that grace is free. He says in verse 8 that it's a message of unsearchable riches of Christ. Well, what are those unsearchable riches? Well, the unsearchable riches, I think, are all his truths and all his blessings. All that he is and has. It is The preacher's purpose to declare those riches, to tell the believer how rich they are in Christ. See, this sermon series is called Becoming Who You Are. And one reason I named it that is because I want God's flock at Nakoni to realise just what riches they have in Jesus. And for us to understand and live out our great position in Christ. Well, let's move on. Our fourth word, beginning with the letter P, is this. And it's purpose. Verse 10 to 11. 10 and 11. What is the purpose of the mystery that God has revealed to us through the prophets and apostles? That's a fair question, isn't it? What's the purpose? What is the purpose of knowing God's plan for this new race called the church? Well, look at verse 10 and 11. Verse 10 and 11, let's read it together. So that through the church the manifold wisdom of God might now be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. This was according to the eternal purpose that he has realized in Christ Jesus our Lord. Let me say this as simply as I possibly can. The capital C church, so the church, the believers, the new race that we have talked about before, the race that has no social, ethical, political distinctions, is the very thing that the angels in heaven watch, which in turn inspires and arouses Their perfect praise of God the Father. Let that sink in just for a moment. The church does not exist simply for the purpose of saving souls. Though that is extremely important work. However, the supreme purpose of the church, as Paul makes very clear here, is to glorify God by making clear his wisdom before the angels, who can then and they see it, offer greater praise to God. Let me put this uh, this way. If God's universe was a classroom, he is the teacher, the angels are the students, and the church is the illustration. And the subject of that day's lesson is the manifold wisdom of God. See, the angels see this new race called the church and they see the intricacies of God's wise hand in it. And so they praise him all the more. Wow, that just amazes me. Well, finally and briefly then, we must finish with this final word, beginning with P and its privilege. Verse 12 and 13. I hope the last point uh, I made Uh, which was our purpose, um, has made you feel this privilege to be grateful for being part of God's church. But Paul, before he turns to prayer in verse 14, which we'll come to next week, tells the Ephesian church and us that because of his grace, our faith in him, and our new citizenship in the mystery of the church, we can now approach God with boldness that's what it says and confidence see irreverence and dishonesty has no place in our relationship with god it Has no place in the church but honesty open-heartedness freedom of speech freedom of spirit do and our confidence comes from knowing that we will not be rejected by him because we belong to him so, in the words of Paul, don't lose heart. Because in every circumstance that his children go through, God works out his goodness, his blessing and his glory. See, may we never see the church different to the way we are seeing it right now. May we realize our purpose and responsibility as angels in heaven watch on as we become who God has called us to be. May our actions, our words, and our thoughts be pure and our unity together real. And may it cause the angels to praise our Father with greater and perfect praise. Father, this morning we ask that you would uh, continue to uh, open our eyes to the truths that we have heard this morning. Lord, may we Be the church of uh, that mystery of which you've uh, made known to the apostles and the prophets and to us today. That all are uh, welcome into the church. That by your grace uh, they can come in and know forgiveness of sin and be added to that church. Lord, may it be a wonderful example of what you wanted it to be. As the angels watch on, may they have greater praise... As they watch the church. Lord we pray that they would see your hand of wisdom. In it all. And may we live lives that are pleasing. To you. And so Lord help us continue. We, help us as we continue. Uh, through this book of Ephesians. Lord help us as we continue through this day. And through these days. And this season. In our world. Lord may we live lives that are right and holy and righteous and that you will be pleased with us as your children and may we long to be back together again as your church bless us and as we respond now in song may you continue with us and speak to our hearts in jesus name we ask amen